It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. There it is. It's it's Wednesday. It's hump day. It doesn't feel like it. It feels like today's Tuesday. And what great news. It's not Tuesday. It's Wednesday. The week's heading toward the end. It's Carcone Carne. I'm James Van Osdell, the Carcone Carne. This podcast, this video thing you're watching, if you're watching right now, brought to you by C&H Financial Services. C&H offers a variety of products, ranging from traditional merchant accounts to a zero-cost payment processing solution, which eliminates the expenses tied to accepting credit cards. C&H also offers cost-effective commercial lending did I just say that? No. Offers cost. Of, I'm having a night. CNH also offers cost-effective commercial lending programs to help you get your business the money it needs to make it through these unprecedented times. To learn more, to help your business out, contact CNH Financial Services at 855-600-2437 or go to chfs.us. He is a returning guest. He is an author. He is an expert on how to eat like a true Chicagoan. He is author Dennis Foley. You got to say it with the with the Chicago accent. It's not Chicago. It's Chicago. Chicago, for sure. Chicago. Sure. Especially that's the way they spoke during my Streets and Sand days. Back in the day when you worked for Streets and Sand. Dennis Foley, a, a, a more Chicago guy doesn't exist. And a more Chicago book has never been released. The new book is No Ketchup. Chicago's top 50 hot dogs and the stories behind them. You did the kind of research that scholars at like Yale go through <laughs> the, the, the labors you went through to, to get to the story, to, to learn, to, to further your education and share it with the masses uh, really unprecedented in the history of encased meats. Uh, this is a fun book and it just came out. And it, it is, you know, it was a difficult, difficult task getting out there and doing the research, as you said, uh, 50 hot dogs in 50 days was my goal. And it ended up uh, being, I ate right at, at 60, 60 in those 50 days. You know, I went out to uh, some of my, uh, you know, my old faithfuls that I have been going to for years. And then I took up some of the advice from friends of mine who made suggestions. So, you know, uh, hitting all those places was a blast and doing the reviews and getting the chance to talk to the owners. It was great. Author Dennis Foley, are you living your best life? I am. You know, I mean, uh, if you can go ahead and eat a bunch of hot dogs and write about right. them, what right. more can somebody ask for? That's it. So 50 hot dogs in 50 days or 60 hot dogs in 50 days. Will the next book be about the juice cleanse that followed all this? The the, <laughs> the commitment yeah. to superfoods and greens? Yeah, you know, not at all, because, uh, you know, someone had asked me, oh, I bet you after you finished off that 50th or 60th dog that you didn't have another hot dog for a while. And I said, I was out four days later having another hot dog. So, you know, I'm fortunate. I don't know what it is. You know, my body processes stuff and I, you know, I'm six foot three and a half, about 220, 225. So, you know, and I walk a lot. So when I would go out on those days and knock off four dogs, I'd come home and walk four miles if I ate two dogs, I'd walk two miles, but that kept, you know, that kept the weight off. Well, you, yeah, you're one of those guys who has one of those freaky metabolisms that the rest of us hate you for. <laughs> it comes in handy when you like hot dogs. and No beef doubt. Sandwiches. Yeah. You, you are so Chicago. You don't have blood in your veins. It's just au jus. It's just a, 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 <laughs> fine, a fine gravy circulating. Oh. 
Yep, yep, yeah, and you know, and then every now and then, you know, you get a little, uh, you know, like the old uh, the days of the uh, um, the Saturday Night Live with our buddies, uh, you know, doing super the fans. Old, yeah, you, you got to go ahead and you know give it a little punch to let the stuff course through the veins. So the question I, I've always asked, and I don't think it's as easily answered as it would appear. What makes a great Chicago dog? This is something you answer because to a layman, a layperson. Um, all hot dogs kind of seem the same. I mean, beyond the condiments, and we'll get to that. But for a layperson, yeah, okay, this hot dog tastes the same as this. But it comes down to a few things you mentioned: all beef it has to be all beef, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. And the snap. Explain the snap. Yeah, and you know, some people aren't a big fan of the dogs with snap. Um, you know, the dog with snap basically means that it's, uh, you know, is it's a dog that's encased in the skin. So when it you know, has that curve to it, so when you bite into it, it gives you that little crunch, that pop. Um, you know, younger people, for instance, you know, kids, a lot of them don't really like the dog with snap. They like that skinless hot dog. Mm-hmm. And I like skinless hot dogs too. But if I have my way and I'm going to go get a dog that I want, it's going to be one that has that, you know, encased in, in the skin and it has that pop to it. And steamed. Is essential. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Steamed. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm one of the places I went to a buddy recommended to me, um, you know, they had a nice little steam table set up, but I think they were kind of moved on to doing other kind of foods and that was secondary. And I didn't really know that went in there and ordered up a dog and they put it in the microwave. You can't and do that. It came, brought it back. I was like, eh, maybe they're microwaving someone else's stuff. Then I saw him put the microwave dog into my stuff. And I was like, uh, you know, come on now. This is a, you, you don't microwave a hot dog. What about someone who would char a hot dog? A lot of restaurants do that. They'll do a char dog. I think of uh, Poochie's up in Skokie. They do a fine char dog. Is that a violation? You know of what? Good I, hot dog I, I, yeah. You know what, James? Do I've become a fan of the char dog. I still prefer, you know, the uh, the natural, you know, steamed dog. Um, you know, and uh, you know the original version, the Chicago style. But I, I'm open to a uh, a char dog now. One of my favorite places that does the char dog is. Uh, you know, Fatso's last stand. Yeah. Like there's one over in Ukraine. Which, which has moved since you wrote the book. Yeah. There's a couple different spots. You know, they have a couple locations, but they still have the one spot over there on Chicago, Chicago Avenue. And, uh, um, you know, I, I popped in there the other day, actually last week and, uh, and had myself a, a char dog from there. It's excellent. Here's my problem with Fatso's. I love it. I've never been able to make it to the point where I've tried a hot dog. I always get seduced by the burger. I can oh, never... Yeah. I can never not order a burger there. So I've never even tried their hot dogs. I'm sure they're great, but the, the bur- the fatso burger, forget it. Game over. Yeah. Yeah. The burger with the egg and all that stuff on there. Yeah. Yeah. That's glorious. Yeah. So the Chicago dog, it, it really is all about the toppings, which you describe as the magnificent seven. And those are, I know you don't need a, a visual reference to, to crank these out. What are, what are they? Yeah, you know, uh, you know, some people refer to it as Chicago Seven. You know, I I was calling it the Magnificent Seven, having fun with one of my old favorite movies too, Yul Brynner. You remember Yul Brynner, right? Of course, of course, Westworld. Yeah. yeah, so the you know Magnificent Seven, you started off, you know, you got the dog and the bun. You're going to go ahead and give it that splash of mustard. You're going to toss on the onion. You're going to toss on the uh, um, the relish, and then the tomatoes, the uh, pickle. Throw on two sport peppers. And then go ahead and give it the dusting, uh, you know, with the celery salt. And that, uh, to me, too, you know, a lot of times if I order a dog to go and I open it up and start to eat and it doesn't have the celery salt on there, 
I'm going to eat the dog and I'm going to enjoy it. But I, you know, I'm, it's a little disappointing. I like the celery salt touch on there. What about the color of the relish? Does it have to be neon? I, you know, to me, not really. I mean, I know, uh, you know, the, the neon color kind of, you know, falls in line too with, uh, you know, like the offerings that they have from Vienna beef. Um, but, you know, I'm fine with any kind of relish that they put on there as long as they offer it. If I go into a place, as a matter of fact, and I get two dogs, I generally get one with everything and one with no relish, just so I can you know, get a couple little different tastes going. So for people who are just joining us, this is Dennis Foley. The new book is No Ketchup, Chicago's Top 50 Hot Dogs and the Stories Behind Them. If someone is interested in reading, acquiring, buying this book, where should they get it? Let's get that out of the way right now. Yeah, and James, you know, so folks can go ahead in uh, a couple different ways. One of them I, I'm having a lot of fun with, but, you know, the publisher offers the book. So, you know, mcrowpress.com, mcropress.com. Um, there's, uh, you know, a couple of the bookstores in the area. You know, Bookie's here in the, uh, on the south side in my neighborhood in Beverly. has been a great supporter of, uh, of authors and uh, independent presses. So they have it here up on the north side. Quimby's is carrying it. Uh, over on North Avenue in Bucktown. Mm-hmm. Um, what's also pretty cool, you know, it's obviously you know available on Amazon too, but um, a number of the hot dog vendors are uh, selling it. You go in, you can get a dog and grab a book. You know, places like Byron's, uh, two locations up north, and then out south, uh, Fat Tommy's in a place out in, uh, in um, Oak Forest. Uh, Nikki V's also known as uh, Doug's Dogs. If the word fat is in the name of a hot dog place, is that a good sign? Are you, are you in good hands? Uh, definitely. I, you know, out here, out south by me, two of my favorite dogs, I like to call them the Fat Brothers. Um, they're not related, but the Fat Johnny's on Western Avenue. It's an iconic place. has been there since 72. And then over in the Mount Greenwood area on 111th Street, Fat Tommy's. And uh, um, what, a gentleman by the name of Dan Coogan owns the place. And when I go in there, I'll get a dog, but sometimes I like to push the limit. I'll grab one dog and then I'll get either the butt kiss or the dick. You wrote about that in the book. Yes, it, it's it keeps getting more and more heart stopping. It goes from Ditka to butt kiss, right? Yeah. And I mean, the, when you think about it, I mean, picture a Polish wrapped in bacon. Yep. Then they toss it into the deep fryer and cook it up for about five or six minutes. Amen. Pull it out. Put in the bun, splash it with mustard, grilled onions, and uh, and cheese, and that's the and that's the ditka. And then if you want the butt kiss, they throw the chili on top. See, this is what people who live in the area should do when guests <laughs> from out of town come here. Whenever someone comes from out of town, you see people taking them downtown to River North or obvious tourist places. If you want to give someone an authentically Chicago experience, shove a butt kiss in their mouth. I mean, that that to me. <laughs> That, that, that's, that's Chicago, that right there. Yeah, you can give him a good butt kiss. Uh, you know, hey, here it is, eat this. And then, uh, you know, talk about Buckus himself and go back right. into the day. Exactly. It's, it's a yeah, springboard. It's a springboard. Yeah, what Dick Buckus did, being Chicago homegrown and then playing for the Bears. It's cool. So the book, again, no catch-up. You explain the difference between a thummy and a, and a pinky. Uh, and it really comes down to hot dog size. This is a weird conversation to have with you, but here we go. Um, why, wouldn't, why wouldn't you always go for a restaurant that serves thummies? Wouldn't thummies just because of their girth be better? Um, you know, I think all, I mean, uh, you know, they, they can all, uh, they're all tasty. They're, you know, they're, you know, the, some of them will be the, uh, you can get a thummy and you can get a, uh, a pinky either, you know, with the skin or skinless. But the deal is, um, you know, generally what happens too is if it's a thummy, it's a little 
you know, generally more, you know, costly. Okay. But uh, both of them are very tasty. Um, originally, when I was going through the book, I was, I was, you know, seeing myself give the ones that offered thummies a little bit of a higher score. But, you know, if you're getting a pinky, you know, like, you know, so the size of a hot dog as thin as your finger or one that's as thick as your thumb. Um, if you're getting a pinky and a guy throws fries in there too, and it's kind of like the same price as a thummy, well, that's still a pretty good bargain too. Which leads me to Gene and Jude's, which is an iconic hot dog place, uh, which notably does not include all of the Magnificent Seven right. in its offerings. Uh, their dogs are definitely thin, but oh my God, they, they pour on French fries like, like they have something to prove. Yeah, and, and they've got the huge snap too. You know, that place always has a line out the door for, and for good reason. It's been kicking out great dogs for a long time. I had a couple of people bark at me because I had them listed as my number three place in the suburbs. And, you know, they're certainly worthy of being a number one and they've been picked as number one, uh, you know, in Chicago before. Mm -hmm. But for me personally, um, you know, I, you know, Gene and Jude's does the depression style. So you don't have all the ingredients, as you mentioned, that you have in the Magnificent Seven. Um, so when they do the depression style, though, and they throw those fries on top, it really does give it an interesting taste because, you know, some people just eat it with the fries right on there. Other <laughs> people take it off, leave a little bit on. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I really like Gene and Jude's. Uh, but, you know, if I'm going to go out and I'm picking a place, I'm generally going to go to a place that offers all of those magnificent seven ingredients. And I haven't been to all these places. And this is like a checklist. Getting a book like this is like getting marching orders. Here you go. Here's what you got to do. You got to try all these places. But while on the topic of Gene and Jude's, this, this, this is going somewhere. Uh, I went there maybe two or three weeks ago. They really have a system in place, a really good system in place uh, to COVID related. One person from each party in the place at one time, they've got someone kind of controlling the, the flow of traffic in and out of there, really mindful how they've done it. And they've done an excellent job with that. You mentioned COVID at the beginning of the book. I, I, I almost, I, I'm uncomfortable saying this, but it's not unreasonable to think that not all these restaurants will survive the, the economy and where we're at right now. It's a tough time. And you, you struck up a connection with all these mom and pop owners. And I, I'm sure that was kind of weighing on the back of your head as you wrote this stuff. Yeah, because, um, you know, what I have seen, you know, because I've been out to a number of these places, uh, you know, in the recent months, too, as you mentioned, too. And, you know, and seeing the steps that all these places are taking to ensure that the customer can come in and feel safe, you know, whether it's, you know, plexiglass and, you know, the, uh, the employees wearing the masks and masks are mandatory coming in, you know, great steps. But even that, uh, even that being said, you know, there's been a couple places in the book that have, you know, fallen off already. Um, wow. I called up one place. It was a, one of my favorite places and, and talked to uh, the owner. And, uh, you know, he said, you know, they're out, uh, out for a little bit, but they're you know, looking to go ahead and buy a, a new location and come back in about another two months. So, you know, something like that was really good to hear. Um, some of the other places too, like, uh, you know, one of my things that I really enjoyed about the book was, you know, those finds, you know, those places that I didn't know about, you know, finding, discovering something new. And uh, one of the places that I really enjoyed, uh, Buddy directed me to it, you know, stepping out way out, you know, in the area, go to Joliet, go another 15 miles to Wilmington, but the launching pad. And, uh, you know, they're temporarily closed. They've only been open about a year and a half or two years, 
but they're temporarily closed because, you know, their wait staff is generally, you know, older folks that were there okay. kind of working, uh, you know, they, they like to have that, uh, you know, uh, you know, the, the reliable old people who are coming in and working and they don't feel comfortable, you know, putting them out there, you know, during COVID. So they're going to hold off for a little bit while, but when they open up again, definitely a, a cool place to go and see. Uh, a couple comments on the Facebook live. First of all, Jamie says, okay, for reference, where's that butt kiss dog again? Yeah, and that's Fat Tommy's uh, in Mount Greenwood on 111th Street, about two blocks uh, east of Kedzie. Not to be confused with Fat Johnny's, which you describe in the book as the consummate hot dog shack. Yeah, Fat Johnny's is at 72nd and Western, and I did give them my number one rating for a Southside hot dog. It's been my place that I've been going to forever, and when you go there, everything is always fresh. It's a beat-up old shack, but... You know, the, you comes out of there, the dog is always done right. Uh, you know, the veggies and everything on there is, is solid and it's steamed. The bun is steamed to perfection. And I like that. You know, he doesn't do the pickle. He throws that long wedge of uh, cucumber on there. And I'm a fan of that. Yeah. I mean, it's basically the same thing, just a different stage of life. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, Clar- Clarissa says, Dub bears. It's appropriate. Um, <laughs> given where we're at, Athena says, hey, friends. Um, Steve, oh, my buddy, Steve, a fine musician, a good human being says, Ann and Mike from the Byron's family say hi. Byron's of course mentioned in this book as well. Yeah. Byron's, uh, you know, one of my, uh, favorite places, uh, you know, being a Cub fan, if I head up towards a game, which hopefully we'll get to, you know, sometime here before too, too long, who knows, maybe not this year, but, um, you know, they have the one Byron's, which is just around the corner from Wrigley on Irving and right off of Sheridan. And the other one that's uh, about a mile away from there, but it's up on Lawrence in uh, a block west of Ashland. And that is the consummate old school drag it through the garden dog. Yep. And I, I, I love the, I love both locations. I used to live over by uh, Lawrence and Ashland. So that that was my go to Byron's. That was the pre or post Aragon Ballroom Riviera concert. <laughs> hot, dog, hot dog place there you go yeah you can't beat that for a stop and uh you know for folks that really aren't familiar too with that whole drag it through the garden concept you know not just the regular um items the magnificent seven but he also has lettuce green pepper you know multiple pickles and cucumber as i i i, I order all that but i still don't get lettuce i won't get lettuce on my hot dog and then I'll take the green peppers and I'll you know, pull them off and eat them on the side. Like a lot of it. He, uh, he does layer so much stuff on there. It is like a side salad. It's really tasty. I choose to eat a lot of it on the side and then kind of focus on the dog at the end. I'm with you on the lettuce. If I'm eating a hot dog, I don't want to be reminded of a salad. That, that's, um, not the, that's not the decision I've made by eating that hot dog. Don't remind me that that is something I could have done instead. Lettuce must go. Yeah, well, you know, the green pepper can be on that same trail there, but I still get it with the green pepper just for just for kicks. Well, here's the challenge I have with the sport peppers. Almost without fail, any hot dog joint, it is really hard to get them to stay in the in the dog. They almost always, usually it's two or three sport peppers and they roll out or I have to like really work to kind of tuck them in because I, I don't like eating them solo because that just seems a little masochistic. Yeah, and I know when you, or like, I'll always say, you know, most places will say sport peppers, you know, like, hey, you know, you, you sure you want them? And I always say yes. Now, I generally take one off. I'll take the other one and, you know, take a bite out of it. And then I'll sprinkle the juice across the dog. And then you still get that, you know, that flavor without all that extra oomph. And uh, you know, that's just, you know, one of the things I like to do. I, uh, that's a I, pro I, tip. Yeah, you know, I, I went to, uh, you know, hey, ooh. 
I don't have my plaque around here, but I did go to Hot Dog University for Vienna beef. Proud of you. Yeah, it's kind of research for this. And that's one of the things they talked about is, you know, if someone doesn't like uh, those sport peppers, they can still get a little bit of the flavor by, you know, cracking it open or biting the tip and then putting the juice across the dog. Brilliant. One of the things I like about the format of the book, and if people are are listening or or watching, it's not like a textbook, although there is a quiz. Uh, It's not like a textbook. It's a really quick, easy, fun read. Um, the way you kind of bounce around from north to south side, it, it seemed a very, like a very even-handed approach as you're talking about all these different places. So it's not just, I'm going to read about all the north side places. I'm not from the south side. I'm not going to read that. You, you make it so that it is this very Chicago, well-rounded view that had to be yeah. intentional. And again, I did. I, like you said, I didn't want to just have, you know, south, north, you know, west side, east side, whatever it might be. Um you know, I, I look, kind of pieced them together, kind of laid things out so it had a certain flow to it. And then also, too, one of the things that I you know, liked about the book, we want, tried to find ways to put it in there, but we have these, you know, round-the-corner detours. If you, you know, go get a hot dog somewhere, what else can you do in the neighborhood that's kind of fun, you know, a cool place to go and see? And so that kind of worked out, putting them in when we, you know, went north-south and sh- shuffled things around. When I went back and looked at a lot of those detours, I was a little surprised, James, because uh, several of them were alcohol related. <laughs> huh. That is, that's, that, that is surprising. A, cra- a few craft breweries here and there. What can I say? Uh, yeah, we're, we're in the golden age of craft breweries where they're on every corner. Right. Exactly. Yeah. We have a couple nice ones out here in my area in the Beverly neighborhood. So I got a comment. This is going to be an interesting way to approach a comment. On Facebook Live, it's from a restaurant owner I know, a very dear soul named Tyler, who owns Epic Deli in McHenry. He just shared a picture, which I want to share on this chat. It's not apropos of the the places we're talking about in your book, because you do focus almost exclusively on the city. Uh, But I want to share a picture he sent. Where on earth did I save this is the real question. (laughs) I'll get to that in a second. Where did I save this? I, I I am the king of having way too many tabs open. Uh, it, it, it's it, it makes my mm-hmm. makes my colleagues insane. Oh, I can just share from the Facebook page, I guess. Um, and you know, when you mentioned that about it, uh, I did focus primarily on the city because I wanted to hit the city hot dog joints. But then I did go out and hit some in the burbs because I had people that recommended this place or that place, and uh, you know, a few of those I hadn't been to, and those ended up being some of those cool discoveries that I, you know, came to enjoy. Okay. So here, I'm going to share this with you now. This is what Tyler from Epic Deli shared. It's a Chicago style hot dog, except instead of a bun, it's a giant dill pickle. Yeah. That's interesting looking there. huh? That's inventive. Oh yeah. That's cool. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, that, I mean, that might take a little getting used to though. (laughs) I like pickles, but I don't know if I like them that much. I, I, that's a, that's a cool spin. <laughs> it is neat though. I mean, if, uh, if somebody's offering that and it's, you know, something different that people can go and check out, I think it's pretty cool. And he, he was reverential with the celery salt. He did take care of that there. Now, um, now, now does that place actually offer that? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know if it was a photo that he found somewhere. That's cool then. Yeah. So McKen- oh, yeah, the, the, he's a mad scientist. I, I got to visit him. Uh, all right. So let's talk more about the restaurants in your book. Uh, Wolfie's is pretty much your go-to. That's, that's like a North side the, the sign, you mentioned the sign, that is a beacon to travelers to come stop there. It's it's so, I, this word's overused, but it's so iconic. 
the it is. I mean, it is a cool sign. The, uh, you know, the monstrously tall uh, fork, you know, with a dog stuck in it. And, you know, when you're driving past that area on Peterson, you know, there's no way that you, uh, you know, near California, there's no way you can go past it without noticing it. And Wolfie's is a, is a tremendous hot dog. And as I say, it's like you could give me a Wolfie's dog and a blind taste test and I'm going to be able to pick it out because it always has that, you know, everything's fresh. It's the dog with, uh, you know, a, a, good, a good snap to it. The, the bun's always good. And, you know, so it would be Wolfie's. And then, uh, you know, right my other one that is my go-to in that area we talked about too is, is Byron's. I'm a big Byron's guy. When I was a kid growing up, uh, that area, that north side area, was defined by two hot dog joints. One is no longer with us. There was Wolfie's and then there was Flukies. Mm-hmm. That was, do you remember Flukies from? Yeah, I mean, I, I know of Flukies. I never went there, um, but I've read about Flukies. And uh, I know, uh, you know, uh, um, Bob Schwartz had a hot dog book, kind of like an encyclopedia, a um, little bit of a coffee table version with the history of the hot dog in, in Chicago, too. And Flukies uh, held a, you know, a high place in that book. It's funny how th- these places stick in our memories. The hot dog joints, the the true like neighborhood mom and pop places. They're just part of our lives growing up. What a, one of the things that is fun in the book, uh, a couple of around the corners. So you talk about the restaurants, but you also say, oh, if you're going to be there, you should also check out. And I, I think you mentioned Calumet Fisheries around the corner from one of the places. Yeah, from uh, it's it's uh, you know that's kind of like a lot of people don't realize, especially you know if you're you know new to the area and you're uh, living on the north side or something that Chicago actually actually has an east side, you know and it goes uh, you know five six miles from uh, State Street towards the lake, and over on Ninety Fifth Street there's a great hot dog joint called uh, Skyway Dogs, and Calumet Fishery is only about four or five blocks down the street. So I joke around and say, hey, you can go pick up a dog over there at uh, the Skyway, then go over to uh, Kelly Met Fisheries and get some shrimp and do a little surf and turf. And it is a cool area. You can sit there. You got the, uh, you know, the river coming through right there. You can see all the traffic with the barges going up and down. And then you got the, you know, the big Skyway up above you. And you can, you know, it's, it's, it's got a little Rust Belt feel to it for sure. It does. And it's great people watching because truly all walks of life go into Calumet. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh. My one little around the corner from there is a sad around the corner, but it, you know, that's the one that goes back to the, you know, 1960s and the, you know, the house that Speck went and uh, yes. did his bad deeds is, is just around the corner from, uh, from there. So yeah, if you, you can learn so much from your book, you can learn serial killer history, <laughs> hot, hot dog information. It's all there. And let the record can show. Say, hey, James, can I say one thing about one of my favorite though, one of my favorite little around the corners, um, and that was sad when I found this out, but, you know, I don't know as a kid, if you were, you know, I, I used to love magic shops and you know, oh, we yeah. Had, yeah, we had a number of them here in, in the city and now, you know, not so much, you, know, you can probably count them on one hand in the city and verbs, uh, yeah. verbs. but, uh, you know, Ash's magic shop, which is on a Western Avenue at about 50 hundred North. I mean, I went in there and felt like I was 10 years old again. The whole place is just covered, you know, floor to ceiling with, you know, uh, gadgets and, and uh, magic tricks and boxes and all kinds of, you know, fart perfumes and whatever it might be and whoopee cushions. And Mr. Ash, you know, someone did a uh, documentary on him back a while ago. It's a great one to watch. Uh, it, it, I mean, it, it, I watched it, made me want to go in and learn more about him. And I went in and met him and his wife and had a great, conversation with them they were great you kind of walk in the door and I don't see anybody 
and they're sitting on the sides of the aisle, but they're blocked from all the boxes. And all of a sudden, two heads lean out to look at you to see who just came in. That's amazing. And had a great talk with them. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, Mr. Ash just passed away about, uh, you know, about less than two months ago. But his wife is carrying on, you know, kind of like his way to pay homage to him. Uh, you know, she's been there in the business all along, but she's keeping the place going uh, kind of like in his honor. I love it. And so let the record show you just don't, you don't just talk about your typical $3 hot dogs. You talk about the high end dogs as well. You mentioned the duck Inn, which or duck Inn, which is a, a venerated, well-respected place in town. Yeah. And you know, that duck Inn dog, uh, um, you, you, you know, they all, I mean, they have, you know, the duck Inn itself is right there. 27th and Loomis kind of like on the North end of Bridgeport. Or you can also go into timeout market, you know, it's rolling again. And, you know, they have the duck and dogs that are offered there. But at the, you know, at the duck in, you know, the dog is, it's a $10 hot dog. But if you go during happy hour, it's $5, as are some of their good craft beers that they have. They're very well priced during happy hour. But that is a tremendous hot dog. I mean, it's long, it's on a bread bun. Um, he, you know, the chef, you know, uh, Kevin Hickey mm -hmm. guy that runs the place. I mean, he was the top chef at like, uh, you know, the Ritz Carlton and, and places like in, uh, Dublin and London and Beverly Hills, California, and then here in Chicago. And he opened this place up in his old neighborhood. Uh, he grew up in Bridgeport and he wanted to do something there and carry on the family name. And he opened it up about six years ago. And that hot dog, it has duck fat in it, which really gives it a different flavor. It's outstanding. It's funny, uh, Kevin Hickey, Duckin did a pop-up. When a pandemic isn't happening, I work in the NBC Tower downtown, and they have restaurant pop-ups, and Duckin had a restaurant pop-up, and Hickey was behind the counter. And I told the people I was with, that's Kevin Hickey. Crickets. I was excited, though, because, I mean, he's, he's like a, he's a food rock star in town. Oh, yeah, that's, I mean, uh, and what I thought was really pretty cool, too, is here's this guy that's, you know, big-time, you know, food man, big-time chef, celebrity chef, and, uh, you know, he was great about, uh, you know, first of all, I didn't think I'd get an interview with him and he was great to do an interview. And then, uh, you know, I was contacting places to see if they wanted to put a coupon in the book for like a buck off if you spend 10. And he says, yeah, go ahead and put me in there. I'm going to duck in wants to be in here. He goes, yeah. And, uh, and put the, uh, you know, uh, put the, you know, duck in dogs at timeout market too. So that was pretty cool of him. I love it. And you did, you, you, you talked to a bunch of different owners, moms and pops, and that really, that rounds out the story you're telling, because it's not just about the dogs. It really is about the people who their whole lives are devoted to these shacks, stands, restaurants, places. And I, I, that was a really nice touch, I think, to the book. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, you know, for me, you know, doing the reviews and all that, you know, that was fun. And I enjoyed writing them and had a chance to throw some humor in there. But I also know, you know, that the hot dog, Chicago dog has been blogged about, and written about a bunch. So, you know, my goal with this book was to do something different, you know, by way of doing the, uh, you know, the, the around the corner detours and the quiz and, you know, the, uh, the, yeah, the battle of the uh, fiberglass uh, hot dog mascots. But more, more importantly, I wanted to get the stories from these mom and pop owners because we know that, you know, mom and pop businesses are falling by, by the wayside. And as you mentioned too, in the book, I, I said, Hey, and COVID's not going to help this at all. Um, yeah. So, you know, getting their stories because, you know, that is Chicago. These places, like you said, these are our neighborhood places. You know, people get in fights over, uh, you know, my, my, the hot dog over here is better than the hot dog at your place. You know, what are you talking about? It's uh, 
you know, these are places with people that have been, you know, like devoted their lives to it. And I wanted to tell their story. And, you know, I felt really got a great feeling from listening to these people and then being able to share their stories. I love it. Uh, again, the book, it, it is out now. It is No Ketchup, Chicago's Top 50 Hot Dogs and the Stories Behind Them. We mentioned the suburbs briefly. You talk about Mustard's Last, Mustard's Last Stand in Evanston in the book. Obviously, there's a whole world outside city limits screaming for your attention, Dennis. <laughs> yeah, that could be something we'll have to go out and venture out there. Uh, you know, one place I, I really want to mention, though, is uh, it's, it's in the Burbs. Um, I had a, a friend of mine that, you know, said, hey, you need to check this place out. And uh, I had never, you know, I made the rounds during my days as a city worker. And, you know, we would stray off and go into the local suburbs, too, to get something good to eat. But I never heard of Henry, Henry's in Cicero. So when I went there, um, you know, Tony Rotolo was the owner. He was a great guy. He kind of sat me down. He walked me around, showed me everything. You know, this was pre-COVID. I wrapped up just before, you know, things kind of went, you know, south here in the area. But uh, their hot dog is one of my favorite dogs now because what he does, he actually has a steam generator in his basement. It's like a, a big old furnace, you know, a big furnace with arms coming up. So he doesn't throw his hot dogs into a, you know, into the steam cart like most folks do in the steam table. He can go ahead and cook a hot dog in seven seconds. So when you go in there, you know that you're getting a dog that's just, it hasn't been turning rubbery and sitting in a, in a steam table for a long time. He also, it's not a, uh, you know, a, a David Berg or a Vienna beef or a Red Hot Chicago. He put his own uh, little, you know, ingredients together and he has a place up in Michigan that makes it for him. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. When you combine that with the fact that you get this always fresh dog, it's, it's really good. And, and he's doing some kind of magical hot dog science. Yeah. I mean, he showed me when I was there, I was like, oh, I got to see this thing, you know, because uh, when I was down, I went down in the basement to look at the steam uh, table or the steam generator. All I could think about, you know, was the little uh, story I used to read. I have three boys to them when they were a little kid, you know, Mike Mulligan and his steam shovel. That's oh, what I God. thought about. It's like, here's this big steam machine with arms going around. And I'm thinking of Mike Mulligan and his steam shovel. But then he brought me upstairs Went over to the, uh, you know, where the hot dogs sit in the bin, turn it on. And, you know, it was a blast of, uh, of the steam coming in and boom, the dogs were ready to go. I love it. All right. One more time. The book is No Ketchup, Chicago's Top 50 Hot Dogs and the stories behind them. I loved it. It was a read it in one night kind of book for me. Um, but, you know, feel free to take your time. Uh, it, it's super fun. And like I said, it's like a checklist for me. I, I want to thank everyone who's been watching on Facebook. I want to thank everyone who's listening and watching on YouTube, et cetera. Uh, but Dennis, you're awesome. Thank you for doing this. Hey, this was great, James. I appreciate you having me on.